Mabuhai, and welcome to season two, episode six, Galiza De Castro with her partner, Dave Rennie. Stephen, who is Galiza De Castro? Mabuhai, everybody. Uh, Galiza De Castro is quite a famous actress, would you believe, in Hunter. She may not be well known in Ireland, but in the Philippines, she is a bit of a star. So she has been in a number of movies, TV shows, and some really super famous ones. And also she is a singer. And on Instagram, not to be judging people on Instagram, but she does have 1.3 million followers. So it's hard to quantify that in terms of who you would compare in in terms of Irish famousness, but really well known, really good actress, really famous, and she somehow ended up in a relationship (laughs) with... Dave Rainey, who is a local Dunfanny man, originally from Belfast, but lives in Dunfanny and owns the brew box, which many people may have had a coffee from in Dunfanny. And we talk about the relationship, how it came to be, how they deal with it, with her being so famous, and a lot of other things we talked about in terms of fame and stardom and all that sort of stuff. So <coughs> I found it really interesting. And their plans moving forward together. And yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. They seem to nearly be one speeds the other one up and one slows the other one down I think and it was really interesting dynamic um, so we hope you enjoyed the podcast we really enjoyed talking to them yeah thanks to Dave and Gliza once again and I hope you enjoy hi everybody and welcome to the podcast today we're drinking a very special coffee but we have a guest here who I'm going to let them introduce the coffee to us so we're drinking uh, Continental Coffee by Johnson's. Um, it is the coffee I use in Brewbox. It's a little uh, coffee trailer that I operate in Port Nabla, Dunfanaghy. And yeah, it's a medium roast and we are drinking it uh, from an Aeropress today. Good man, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, so let's get the chat started and we'll start with Galiza uh, and basically asking so we did a 10 episodes in our first season and one of those was about sort of you know being comfortable with who you are and following your dreams and that type of stuff so you are an actor singer um, sort of movie and TV star so what I'd like to ask is how did you end up in that was it a dream was it a passion or how did you end up acting Hello. Thank you. First of all, <laughs> thank you for having me here. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect this, but yeah, um, being an actor wasn't really my dream. Uh, yeah, surprisingly. Um, but I really wanted to be a singer uh, when I was around eight. I would, I would um, sing in in church and in my uncle's basketball games I would get invited to family gatherings because my family is really musically inclined so my parents are both musicians and I think that's where I got my my interest in music Um, but I have a a younger brother who's really into acting and I think he influenced me into to trying um, acting so there was one time where he said, oh, why don't we audition to to this um, movie or this project? And I was like, 
what? Um, I'm not sure about that. Maybe I can just sing. So we ended up going to that audition, and you know, um, I after that audition, we we didn't get picked, by the way. <laughs> um, but we met a talent agent, and I think that started um, that started everything. Uh, that changed my my perspective into trying acting. Mm -hmm. uh, I I would get more projects in television, but at the back of my mind, you know, I, I started acting at a very early age, uh, 10 oh, okay. or 11. That... Yeah. And then, uh, um, that sort of became a job to me, uh, an opportunity for me to help my family, uh, because I would get lots of projects for acting. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, Oh, this is nice. Um, I might as well just enroll myself into workshops to to learn more about acting but the, at the back of my mind it's always singing that I really want to do mm -hmm. I really like performing I really like um, being in front of an audience and um, you know performing in front of them chatting to them through my songs you know I'm not really chat a chatty person but being in in an industry like that being an actor being a performer Help me with my confidence. Cool. Yeah. That's so interesting because uh, obviously yeah, you have a song as well called Bank Holiday, which the video is done. Which was shot yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave's the real star of that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So I have listened to a few of your songs on Spotify mm. and that. And, uh, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah. And the video is shot in Ireland. Um, and I suppose we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, in terms of acting and stuff was it is there any time that you find it really difficult or do you tend to find it quite flowing when you're doing it is it like a, an easy job for you basically when I was starting I would really think of it as like a responsibility and I would really get nervous before um, doing a scene especially if I need to cry like um, if I got my script and then I, I, I saw that, oh, I need to cry on, on those scenes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to, to sleep. Like, okay. uh, I would think of it all, all day and uh, until, I, until I, uh, I've done it, that's, that's the time when I can relax. But even up to now, I would still think of it as like as some sort of, like a job really yeah. but when I'm in in the scene and acting with with uh, good actors and you there's this magic into it like you totally forgot about it like yeah. these actors would would get me into the scene would get me into my character and I would forget about the cameras around me I would forget about the directors all the elements in 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 a shooting i would forget about that and i would feel good about myself mm. um but there's always a feeling of you know i would be i, I would cringe when i see myself on tv <laughs> especially when i'm crying because you know you don't how do you make yourself cry there are lots of different techniques okay. um, when I studied acting um, there's this 
uh, technique called, uh, well, there's this workshop called Stella Adler, which they would um, uh, prefer not to not to use your personal experiences for for you to to cry to bring up emotion rather yeah. than mm. rather than using those personal experiences of yours um i think being in the moment is what they suggest you do like um say this coffee um y- you have this what, what do you call this um uh there's a there's a term for that but uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> but um, yeah, using using uh, your the present, mm-hmm. okay. um, available <clears throat> stimulus. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a very technical yeah. term. That's why yeah. it's, uh, I don't really use and it that much. And I don't know what it's got to do with coffee, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So when when you see coffee and then uh, you think that oh, um, it's really just really. Using your imagination okay. to to an extent of, you know, um, deviating your personal life uh, into the scene, so mm-hmm. like totally creating a new character. So if okay. a coffee makes you cry, then use that as uh, as a as a reason to cry. Okay. You know, I I see David here, and I I would think, oh, what what are the reasons? The what are the probable reasons? uh that can um that he that i can use uh for the scene okay. you know you know what i mean so yeah. it's uh that he made a really bad coffee and <laughs> yeah maybe you know there there are lots of different techniques but i think what um what's uh what's the easiest and i think m- most dangerous as well is using your personal experiences okay. for for the scene because that's what uh most of the actors uh do okay and i i would tell this to my to my colleagues and to some people like uh there's really a a bad effect to doing it um so imagine if you're traumatized by a certain event and you use it for for a scene that would be like that would be an open book mm. that would need closure you know you need a psychiatrist for mm-hmm. for you to to get over that mm-hmm. or to get through that but you know being an actor it's just like okay you cry and then you need to you need to be happy again mm-hmm. you need yeah. to like it's learn. not real life it's such a... do you try to differentiate then the character and yourself so you know I, you'd always hear about like uh, like actors that you know be that person and it's like they are that person for yeah it's called method yeah so yeah, do you um, do that type of acting or i i've done it i've <laughs> done it and i would say that it's not something that i really that i would use all the time mm-hmm. um in certain characters i i've done it and i would distance myself to other actors and they would get intimidated by me they would be scared of me um, especially this um, series called Encantadia so I play the black sheep in the family and I distance myself to to most of my co-actors I would mm-hmm. they would have uh, the same standby area and I would be in in just in a, li- a little corner by myself okay and they would pass by me and greet me and I would just say hello have you, <laughs> have you experienced this Dave? 
Well, when she's in the mindset of uh, another person, yeah. Um, to a certain extent, I can see when she's maybe had scenes where she's had to cry or she's had to be emotional, and then okay, that's that's taping done for the day, and then you just got to stop and you just got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the emotions and the the drain on your emotions, it's it still happens. It's still yeah. when there you, must be some residue. When you go home, yeah, there's emotional <laughs> residue in me that I still haven't drained out. Yeah. So when there's long, I, I find especially when we we had time apart that um, Glyce's work can sometimes be, uh, you know. Um, nearly 24 hours you're not acting for the 24 hours but you have to be on set um so you could start at seven in the morning and then at six or seven the next morning and you're still on location and you're trying to do a scene where you need to be angry or you need to cry or you need to you know and all gliza wants to do sleep go home and she, she might have things on the next day and then taping starts again the following day so it's it's just trying to get your headspace away from the acting and away from okay be this character do this to okay this is real life now you can you can be yourself so have you ever have you ever been played a character or a part and you've kind of like taken bits over into your real life and got confused with nearly who's doing the talking and who's actually in control as such yeah yeah, yeah like my family uh, has witnessed that a lot of <clears throat> times um and i wasn't aware of that you know i would mm-hmm. come home because um before the pandemic we would shoot monday every other day so for example monday wednesday friday or sometimes tuesday thursday saturday so three times a week and i would just come home feeling you know um, I can't quite uh, understand myself as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to feel this way, but I do feel that way. And my mm-hmm. my family um, is the one suffering because of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's also suffering because of that because they don't want me to to see um, sad or like really, you know, drained out. But we use our emotions a lot and sometimes it would just get into me mm-hmm. like if if you're doing a scene where where um someone has died you know yeah mm. it it doesn't it doesn't um uh the the emotion doesn't disappear yeah. right away so there's certain bits of those emotions left inside of you um and we're so used to just you know, um, dealing with it and trying to like cover it with some something else. My next question is how how do you deal with it? So like the mm. the podcast a lot is about mindfulness and what we do and as you know like we go into the water a lot here and mm. that's how we ground ourselves. If you have a big day of acting and you're emotionally wrecked and drained, yeah. do you have a meditation that you do to come down from it or how do you transition from acting Galiza back into mm. real life Galiza? I think music has really helped me balance that. That's why 
I, I was telling you guys earlier that my my dream is really to become a singer and I I've done it like I've released uh, an independently produced album and those songs that were in in this album was written during my you know my my years for when um, I was acting and trying to like just balance it out um, I I'm, I wasn't aware of going to a psychiatrist though so I brought it up with with my with my parents and I don't think they understood the idea of going to the psychiatrist mm-hmm. so I would just write songs in in my room and you know music was some gave gave a lot of comfort to me mm. so I think that was my my meditation um, mm. but all throughout the years I would still use that but I I was introduced to yoga and then I I met David which was really you know it's really nice because it's so different he's so different he doesn't know about any of my my background he doesn't know about um, the shows that I've done and it's just so like like, refreshing maybe? refreshing to yeah. me to to have met someone who doesn't care about you know a my status as a celebrity or mm. um, me being an actor. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he does care. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he cares a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, so I met you before a couple of times and I'm not going to lie, the question that comes into my head is, obviously, Dave, you're a lovely fella, you're a surfer up in the northwest only Donegal, but how... <laughs> did a surfer from the northwest of Donegal, you know, end up with? I mean, you're a Filipino he paddled, star. Yeah, he paddled his way to, uh, through the Philippines and uh, met you. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was he was in the Philippines for a surf trip. Okay, is yeah. that how you met? Or tell us yeah, so I was. Um, you know, it gets quite quiet here in January, February time. Mm. So I had taken the taking myself away on a trip and couldn't convince anyone else to come so I headed out by myself uh, to the Philippines. A few people had said it's a nice place to visit and well, I went to an island that's good for surf and I, I was there for a month and by sheer coincidence Gliza, so it's, it's an hour flight from Manila, um, Gliza was there for her 30th birthday. Um, she had managed to, to gather a group of, I think about what, 14 friends from different parts of the world. Uh, so they were mostly staying in the same accommodation. Um, and yeah, I was chatting to someone in one of the common areas and I think one of your friends was there as well and she messaged you and said, we're talking to these guys, they're, they're kind <laughs> Trying of Trying to set me up with, <laughs> with some guys there. <laughs> so then she arrived and um, yeah, we kind of bonded over music. I was playing a song on my speaker, she, she heard it and said, oh, who's playing this? And yeah, we, we sort of hung out for the next three, four days or I tagged along with her <laughs> yeah. and yeah and then I was there another week or so and then followed her I was meant to go somewhere else but followed Gliza back to Manila and spent time met the family 
Wow. Um, that was which fast. Was, yeah. <laughs> it was fast, yeah, but which was good. And oh. it doesn't want to waste time. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. At what point, like, did you realize it? That it's hard to comprehend because you're famous in the Philippines and and not really famous here as such yet. So, yeah. did you have a realization that you're with someone who's very well known? And how did that make you feel? And was there any? tension between you like was there many conversations that had to be had because obviously you're going to know a lot of people and a lot of people are going to know you yeah. you're kind of going to know nobody over there yeah. you were there by yourself so how did all that play out for you well I'm a nobody here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there, there's this uh it's it's fun to be um anonymous yeah here. of course it must be great yeah because yeah. yeah, I can do lots of different things here and you know not be worried scrutinized or mm-hmm. judged and I think um, it's it's the perfect balance because whenever I go back to the Philippines I would just think okay uh, back to work mm-hmm. you know but I, I would still want David to see um, some places in the Philippines that I really like um, but it wasn't an issue to us, right? Like David, no, I, mean, it was... I, I think uh, I got worried a little when uh, when he went to one of my events and then he was questioned by this reporter and um, I he thought, thought it was her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was very open and oh yes, sir, yes to me. Because I would call him Tito, right? Yeah. And Tito means uncle. means uncle, and in the Philippines we would just call. Um, uh, uh, older, older people, uh, Tito or Tita, okay. as a way of, of respect. But he's so respectful and <laughs> answered all the questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the next, the next night, he was on the news. Said, We're on the news. We're on the news. Oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> and I think I hid. <laughs> I I went to this reporter and said, you know what? Um, it would be nice if you if uh, if you informed us um, first, because you know that was I think that's when you came back after being apart for eight months, mm, right? So. so after we met, he flew back to the UK and um, we were apart for eight months. Mm-hmm. Full a full eight months without seeing each other. Without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, had you like committed to each other? Uh, we not were fully. <laughs> <laughs> we were in touch with <laughs> each other. <laughs> okay. Um, and I I guess that gradually day by day we spoke more and mm-hmm. I think you wondered. Well, you maybe thought once I left, you're like, oh, oh, oh that was come, nice, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'll probably not come back. back. But I kept. Pestering. Yeah, plugging away. Like I would get, I would get handwritten letters from from the UK. Wow. And then um, I would get like a package, and I was like, oh, this is so sweet, because he could have just messaged me or emailed me, right? But Mm -hmm. I think I just found it really sweet and uh, sincere um, that someone has taken that effort mm-hmm. to make me feel more special mm-hmm. and I think um, during that time it was a, a huge test in our relationship 
you know, I would I would think, oh, maybe he's not going to come back, or maybe I would meet someone, maybe he would meet someone along the way, mm-hmm. but he came back September, and then, yeah, that's when he, he um, saw more of, of who I am, uh, my background, my job, uh, the people I work with, and at the back of my mind, would he accept this type of lifestyle? You know, mm-hmm. would he be able to um to be comfortable ever in this setup i suppose as we were talking the other day um because glaze is surfing a lot more here since you met me and Mm. i took her surfing and she surfs quite a lot when when she has time off work and has surfed here quite a bit but how, you know, you can surf over there, the water's 30 degrees Celsius in the Philippines. It would just be my swimsuit. Swimsuit to over so, here. So really, you're just in it for the surf, really? You just want to You don't be wearing a wet, winter wetsuit all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, over here, you know yourselves, is, especially in the winter, there's, mm. you know, if you can, you get changed in your house into a thick wetsuit, and gloves and boots and so how uncomfortable maybe at, at times getting changed and getting into the cold water that maybe glaze it is in a weird way as a comparison to at the start initially how because I'm I'm not a very extroverted person so mm. When I was at movie premieres or awards ceremonies and stuff, of course, extremely proud of of Gliza, but at the same time feeling that uh, people are looking at you and people are... So that was where I felt un, uncomfortable or more initially. Um, it's something that it took me a while to get used to. And in, in the same sense, but a totally different setting, you know, in the cold weather or going for a walk in, around Aragal or mm. things like that that are sort of, or have been alien to what Glyce is used to. Um, so we could both kind of help each other in yeah. those different worlds. Seems to be a nice balance there between the two of you. Yeah. 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 It's a great perspective of looking at it that... Although your the the fame and the awards and the TV shows that yeah. you know looking at that has been scary. Someone else can look at surfing in wet and windy <laughs> weather is scary, and yeah. you know everyone looks at everything so differently. Whereas, yeah, yeah it's such a, an interesting way of looking. It's cool. Yeah, it's made me realize that there's another side of things, like another side, other of, side of the world, really. Side of the world that yeah. he made me see. Um, like literally the other side of the yeah. world because Ireland's here and Philippines is here. Yeah. So um, it's always so interesting to to learn something new and we mm-hmm. learn about those things together. It's nice and um, uh, you know not not we are not stuck in a routine. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what it makes it special. Mm. Whereas a lot of people would crave routine. So does the non-routine of one person being from Ireland and the other person being from the Philippines suit you both? And how do you manage that when Galiz is at work for a couple of months at a time and you're here for a couple of months at a time? How does that look? I think that would 
you know, in any long distance relationship, what you're working towards is being together permanently. And that's what we're working towards. I think when at the time we met, you know, where I was nearly 30, Glaze had just turned 30 and where, you know, we have our own careers. I was just starting my business, Glaze's sort of established herself as a actress and, and singer in the Philippines for, you know, since her teenage years. So mm-hmm. it it would take, I, I think, too much compromise for straight away, one of us just to be, okay, I'm going to go live in Ireland or, okay, I'm going to live in the film, Philippines. So, um, you know, I would, I want to live in the Philippines and spend a lot of time there. But certainly, having just had started a business, I wasn't going to pack it all up and come live full-time in the Philippines. So I, th- I think we were slowly having less time apart, more time together. Before the pandemic, obviously, everyone's had to deal with uh, what that's brought us. But um, We're just together apart for the pandemic. When it, when it hit, we were together. Um, so we were a lot down it was about two weeks before the UK so sort of the very start of March Mm. um, and we made a decision to go from a small condo in Manila to uh, a place with a house uh, six hours north of Manila so it's in the countryside so it's kind of akin to to Donegal, I guess, a little compared to a bigger city like Belfast or, or Dublin. Um, so, yeah, we rushed up there uh, and we were, yeah, we were in the house. It's near the beach, but we were yeah in the house. You could only go out of the house for, for essentials uh, to go to the market and there was curfews. And so we were, were there really until... Was it three or four months? Three months. Wow. Yeah. wow. So you just go from very, you just went from very intense period together to a very intense period apart. As such. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's listening that's in something similar, has gone through something similar, have you got any pieces of advice or any nuggets of information that you would share? Mm-hmm. Was mm. managing that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, patience is really a virtue, as cliche as it may sound, but we've experienced that um, mm. throughout our relationship um, timing also um, especially coming over here you know we've really I've really prepared myself uh, I talked to my managers you know I mm. talked to my parents it's not a like a drastic decision uh, or an easy decision coming mm-hmm. up here, and same as with David, maybe easier for him because he, he isn't tied up to any contracts. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I really think that you really need to like plan it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but be open to to changes. Be open to surprises and exciting mm-hmm. stuff because if if um, you sort of like really set yourself or your mind to the planned uh um your plans Mm. then i think that would be as exciting Mm. and uh 
there's also compromise, yes, in terms of um, our lifestyles and um, characters. Like, there's always something that we, um, that we need to learn about each other. Um, even when we're apart, we still we, we still learn about each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's important. Is saying, of course, it's not ideal to be physically apart. Um, and you don't have those, you know, you're not physically together. But I think it's really important to see the the times apart as an important part of your relationship. Not okay. We wanna we, we don't see each other for two months. You know, you can still learn about each other. You can still experience things together. Um, and you really have to hone in on, especially when English isn't the first language. We're both yeah. on communicating and. And talking about things, especially when it's through a phone screen, yeah. Whereas, because you're gonna miss a lot of subtle cues, yeah, that you would when of you're in course. person with somebody. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, I've been in long distance relationships yeah. myself, and I was with a girl that English wasn't her first language, so yeah. we really had to like focus on speaking yeah. what you meant and yeah. and not trying to read between lines. Yeah, and... sometimes I would say things to David, and I would take it back and say, "Oh, that's not what I mean." Oh, that, yeah. Um, maybe I'm using a, a different um, like different words that yeah. that meant other uh, other uh, th- things to him. Yeah. But uh, and trying to we try and speak in te- Tagalog. Yeah, sometimes you, you speak, speak in Tagalog. Yeah. Well, I had to Glace's parents speak. It's one of the main reasons I started learning because. Glyce's parents speak they understand quite a lot of English but they wouldn't be as confident speaking it so to communicate with them and then of course Glyce speaks perfect English but when you're thinking in your second language all the time sometimes you can get tired and when you really want to express something the words just aren't quite there so it's I I understand that and sometimes I need to take a step back as well and, and think you know, I'm speaking in English all the time. And so there are times we speak in in Tagalog, my pidgin Tagalog. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, <clears throat> I think, yeah, communication is massive probably for that. Um, and it's, I think it's a testament to the both of you that, you know, you've had two and a half years of the, you're together now, uh, roughly three. two, three. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. This September, last yeah. September. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, and I suppose one other things that, not just the long term relationship, but also the fact that you're an actor and mm. uh, famous. And with the fame, I mean, your social media, you have I think it's one point three million followers mm. on Instagram. Um, so just a couple of kind of things I want to touch on that. Do you feel pressure from that? Like. Do you feel so? We did an episode on social media, and I mean, <laughs> obviously, nowhere near the amount of following that you have. But do you feel like a social responsibility, or I mean, how do you feel about having that number of people? Yeah, following? definitely. But having lots of followers like 1.3 million followers doesn't mean that you're happy and your life is great, you know. <laughs> um, I'm sure lots of people expect me to be uh, to post lots of happy stuff, and I would just, you know, sometimes wish that I can 
I can post anything that I want, but yeah, it sort of became a responsibility now. Um, I was just, um, I just had a meeting with a social media manager yesterday and I was trying to get some, some help from him because I wanted to use my, my uh, social media platforms as a way to communicate to my audience better. Mm-hmm. Because before I would just use Instagram as a way to express myself and share things that I like, you mm-hmm. know, without thinking of a caption, without thinking of how the um uh the quality of the photos. But now you sort of think about that more, especially uh brands are using it as their um leverage as well. Mm-hmm. So when brands uh took over social media artists need to to uh to level up as well to get mm-hmm. more you know endorsements and projects and i i i thought that oh maybe when i'm away i could do um social media postings that's why i really need to like curate my my profile um because brands would ask me about uh my insights and i would send them my you know my yeah. my analytics and stuff okay, yeah. and you know when it doesn't meet their expectations they would get another mm-hmm. uh artists and uh i i told this person the social media manager that you know what um yes i've worked as an actor for so many years but that became sort of irrelevant now with the internet because there are so many influencers so many celebrity youtube celebrities and mm. You know, um, I needed to, like, um, not, you know, I, I don't need, I, I shouldn't be complacent about mm-hmm. it. Uh, yes, I would get TV projects, but having this amount of followers, what would I do with it? Mm-hmm. So might as well maximize it and use it for my advantage. Have you got, um, when you're speaking about brands and stuff, <clears throat> have you got a vetting system for yourself that, you know, if they're like, pushing this product on you that it aligns with who you are and what you're about and or is that more in your social media manager's hands as in if if they think it's a good idea that they're going to push it whether you agree with it or not Mm -hmm. how much control actually do you have Mm -hmm. over your social media when you have a following of that size yeah i would still have 100 percent control over over my social media um, when my managers would ask me about if whether I wanted to do things, it's still, uh, it's still up to me. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't okay. agree to anything that I'm not comfortable with. Sometimes I would because you know it's uh, it's um, to me it's it's a it's an opportunity, but sometimes I would realize oh maybe I I can't really you know represent this brand um, mm-hmm. the way they want me to represent their their products mm-hmm. so i would have those dilemmas sometimes but it's totally up to me whether i want to promote a a certain uh product or um to represent a brand yeah because i imagine as well obviously as a social media manager i assume they go through a lot of the comments and messages of you must get a huge amount of messages every time you and mm-hmm. um, post something how do you deal with the well, just with the amount of them and also like, yeah. do they affect you if you got a negative comment or anything? Yeah, like, <laughs> we would get, we would get lots of negative comment, but you know, uh, I was just telling David that 
isn't isn't it nice to to know that you have the power to block them like mm-hmm. not yeah. get uh, not give them the satisfaction of you know um, um, starting up a an argument online or even noticing them like I won't give you that satisfaction so I would just block you and all the <laughs> um, <laughs> the accounts that you might yeah. make in the future. Brilliant. Do you find that people have very high expectations of you um, because obviously social media is so like you can actually message the person that you want to talk to whereas like famous people or, or high-end people you had no access to them before. Yeah. Do you find that you know that the expectation of you is quite high and you get like maybe like hate or whatever when you don't reply to people or mm. uh, when you let people down like, like how do you manage all that? Um, I would just think about my, my, uh, I think it's the perfect balance of thinking about other people and thinking about yourself as Mm -hmm. well. So I would reply to some, to some messages, some comments, because it's fun to, to interact with them sometimes, but Mm -hmm. when they sound like desperate, like I would think about them, like I would feel sorry because, you know, I don't want them to depend on me, you know, I I want them to depend on themselves rather than, you know, asking for a video greeting or a hi and then it it can make my day. I would get Mm. messages like that. Sometimes I would give them that, but I don't want them, like if if they send me another message saying, can you get, can, can you please say hello to me so that I can finish my project, like, um, you can finish your project with a, a hello from me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel pressured, but uh, still, it, the social media accounts that I have is uh, is um, in my control. So whether I, I, you know, whether I don't reply to them or I reply to them, it's totally up to me. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's re- it's nice to be aware of that sort of power that you have in terms of um, in terms of handling your social media account. how do you manage your phone time because I imagine your phone just never <laughs> stops we talked about that in, in season one and, and like um, I can just imagine that every time you look at your phone that there's just probably like mm. what a thousand notifications or, mm. I turned off my, my Instagram notifications okay. so that I won't be like looking all the time yeah and i was uh, i was really proud when i told david that you know what my my screen time went down to 29 <laughs> percent <laughs> recently because i now i don't have my phone with me okay, okay. and uh whenever uh we're out like we're out surfing or we're out walking you know i wouldn't have internet yeah. Um, yeah, I turned my hotspot off. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's really important, like it's uh, something that has to do with work, I would ask David if he can turn uh, <laughs> on his, his hotspot. But or talking to my family, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. it's uh, it's weird because when I when I wake up here now, um, it would be midday there. I'm I'm sure we're we're used to it, but yeah. But getting in, ta- in touch with my family and also trying to get involved with a Twitter party for um, for our show because I have a current show that's airing now um, and it will uh, it will be ending in three weeks. 
So cool. last three last three weeks of airing. Yeah. So I really wanted to get involved with the promotions as well. Course, but then when I when I wake up, uh, the show has ended. So it's it's so kind of hard. Of feedback okay. from the the show and what people thought about the show and I guess and yeah, I don't really understand Twitter but I think the at Twitter party you know people are interacting with each oh, other like yeah. real time when yeah. it's on when it's on uh, TV I would uh, be on Twitter and uh, answer questions from there that's oh, okay. the time when I have that sort of time with with my followers and mm -hmm. my audience and um, they would react to the scenes and I would like tell them, oh no, relax, <laughs> um, and thank you for your support. So, and I couldn't do that when I'm here because the time, di because of, of the time yeah. difference, because I would really have to wake up early uh, to be able to join the Twitter party, and I don't have a t uh, television that airs my show here. So, uh, yeah, I try, but I still try as much as I can to. To like repost or uh, yeah. retweet or um, you know still little bits of interaction so keep that I imagine with the likes of them sort of Twitter parties and you know I've seen some stuff on YouTube and that of you on like gossip columns and like TV interviews and stuff and Dave was even in some of them. <laughs> you weren't speaking in them but there's loads of photos of you so <laughs> looking great um, but do you, how do you find that sort of do most of them sort of interviews tend to be like just chit chat in general, like gossip and nosiness or, you know, do some of them have more in depth conversations? Do you, which would you prefer? Or do you like both or neither? Or? I like more um, in depth conversation, really. Like um, when, when someone speaks to me, I, you know, I don't really like to talk about gossip, even within friends. Um, mm. I would have a group, uh, group chat in Messenger, and they would talk about this other person, and I wouldn't really be interested because I don't like to talk about people, mm -hmm. and I would, I would like to celebrate each other's uniqueness and you know each other's principles and uh, choices, but to um in a way degrade their choices i wouldn't like to be i wouldn't want to get involved with that so yeah it's 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 hard because um gossip is well it became a it became some sort of like uh connection or some sort of uh, topic oh, yeah. or yeah. something that connects people mm -hmm. uh but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's something that I'm not really interested in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense, yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, Dave and I were chatting about, even this morning we're in the water, we're chatting about gossip, and it's just like, it's just... Yeah. yeah. No, it does not for It does not, yeah. So like, yeah, having those in more in-depth And But in terms of a lot of your conversations and uh, interviews and stuff, do they tend to focus on gossip or is Um, They would tend to focus on my personal life and mm. uh, you know it's it's not a gossip it's mm. uh, it's from my personal experiences um, I always think about oh if it's something that inspires 
my audience or inspire if it's something that inspires people then why not mm-hmm. like doing this podcast you know i was telling steven i'm a little bit nervous because you know this is going to be my first podcast um where i'm speaking in english all the time like yeah. all throughout yeah. the conversation all throughout the interview um but if it's something that you know if someone is listening to this right now and um they um they feel inspired by it then you know why not that was one of our goals really is if it helps one person then it's worth kind of putting out there and putting yourself on the line a little bit yeah um moving forward for you both um what is you know like you're saying the goal obviously and long term is to try and get together somewhere is that more likely going to spend like 70 percent of your time in the philippines and 30 percent in ireland together or what's the future look like for you in your careers and yeah i think we're we've both discussed it um i love it here and here will always be home and Donegal will always be Said no Donegal person ever <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so Donegal <laughs> Gotta get away. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think we we will spend most of the time in the Philippines, um, and in the future, I'd I'd love to come back here maybe once or or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, we can both come back together at least once a year. Um, obviously, when travel's easier and stuff. Of course. Um, yeah. We are we're working on a. One of the things we worked on when we were apart was a cafe over in the the Philippines. Um, so Gliza has a a place, uh, the one we were talking about earlier, which is sort of in the province, in the countryside, and it's like an Air, Airbnb. And um, but the the breakfast side of things was, I guess, quite basic, and we really wanted to work on that and develop that bring sort of nice coffee and but make it a a nice place where of course people staying in the bed and breakfast can have their breakfast and and brunch there but also uh locals and like a hosting hosting experience as such yeah yeah and something to set you up with over there presume that you have something that you can hold on to while elise is doing her thing yeah as such yeah so i think um that's something we have both been working on and we both want to focus on but especially when Gliza has has work and now for her it's kind of they call it locked in taping so she's away for three weeks you have to do your covid tests and then mm. you're with all your co-actors for that period of time so that then also gives me time to focus on on the business and of course we'll all the decisions will be made together on on that but it's it's nice to have that to work on it's not so easy to go out to the philippines and just get a job in a bar like yeah, if you yeah. went to australia or the states or something but you um, also want something i guess that's going to sustain you really and of course yeah. more in the long term mm-hmm. um and sustain us uh, yeah Gliza wants to to continue with with acting you do and really enjoy it and with with singing I, I think well into the future you know it, it might just be occasional roles maybe they'll movie and things like that but 
if we have our our other projects, other investments, then those are nice things to work yeah. on too. And where we are in, in the Philippines there is, you know, it's quite like here, only 20 degrees warmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And just on terms of the acting, obviously you're huge in sort of Philippines mm. and maybe Southeast Asia, but have you ever tried something like Ireland or the UK or the States or have you ever been offered anything or is it uh, <laughs> we had an addition lately yeah <laughs> um paul paul Lorgi, um, oh, yeah. messaged me about this addition uh i think that was last january and um i sort of felt like oh uh, how how am i going to pursue this uh just in case but if there's an offer yeah, uh, why not? I mean, cool. it's uh, it's exciting to to be part of to be part of something that's totally new, uh, and that's why I, I was telling you guys earlier that I really wanted to set up my social media because when I'm away from the Philippines, maybe I can focus on that. Yeah. Um, it's really just um, you know building connections and trying to sort of. Um, uh, like look for you know opportunities mm. here and in the Philippines for David. Mm. So well, he he got um like he got a like a modeling. Yeah, Has to be a surf brand. A, yeah. Um, no, it was a I guess here it's a workwear brand, Dickies. <laughs> so it was. Uh, they, they're more over there. Yeah, associated with and, like skaters and yeah. you know street yeah. style. It was probably the most awkward day of my life. <laughs> so have you done? Have you done it? Yeah, one day. <laughs> Where can we see these? Um, they're somewhere. Glad I will show you them after. <laughs> People aren't going to be able to see this, but he's going red as he's. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> I was on in in their store. I was on a few. What do you call them? Billboards, posters? No way. No yeah, way. In, I had to have a, in, the, in the mall. Class. I had to have a fake tattoo. <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it was like a two-hour session with a Sharpie pen. And then just like a full-on Oh tattoo. my God. We have to get oh, this photos. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Yeah. So and and you, just, uh, you just have to flow from one pose to the other. I never knew this. And, and <laughs> it was only after about half an hour of the shoot, they were like, and have you done a lot of these before? And I was like, no. <laughs> this, this is the first. And probably the last. <laughs> but it was an experience. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, if I, if I would be given an opportunity here, mm. then I would, you know. Go for it. Be, yeah, I would go for so it. So you had an interview for, or an audition for a movie in London. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a, an audition for a movie in London, which... Uh, November time. Yeah, uh-huh. which will start <laughs> November time, but uh, I didn't get picked, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my, you know, that's one of my uh, dreams, I'd yeah. say. As an actor, I would love to be in an international film or in an international project. Yeah, because um, I've seen clips of you on your TV shows and movies, but... Yeah. I have a clue what you're saying. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, you look like you're really hitting it. In the nail, but I mean, <laughs> I'm listening like, I wonder what she's saying. She seems angry with everything. I think it can be hard auditioning for something and then not getting it. But sometimes it's having the mentality that 
you know, they're looking for a different character for that role, so it's yeah. like... Yeah, there are lots of Filipinos who uh, have participated in international films, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, it as a way of inspiration to be, cool. like, you know, someday, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think this whole podcast was quite inspirational. I really yeah, enjoyed... Yeah, really enjoyed talking to you guys. Very insightful. Yeah, it's great to hear more about your relationship and your you. acting and Dave's modelling career that we <laughs> just found out about. Let's never talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find those photos that, yeah. that we can put up with when, when this goes live. Yeah, yeah, good thing this is a podcast and people won't be able to see it. Yeah, that's really easy. But they might when might. they go to uh, you know the website. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> post the photos. Don't yeah, I'll get the photos. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything you'd like to add to finish with or... Well, um, we were talking about social media, so um, to uh, the people in Donegal, you would, if you would like to follow me yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at Liza Redux. And uh, yeah, I will post more of my Donegal adventures there. Yeah. Um, David, do you want anything? Yeah, well, I, I have a personal Instagram, but you won't see much on there, I guess. So. <laughs> no modeling photos or anything. No like modeling that. photos. Uh, yeah, you can follow my work one on Brewbox.fanahy. Yeah, we'll tag you. Yeah, we'll get it the, tagged, yeah. When we post it up and stuff like that. And right? then hopefully your Filipino followers will follow Solberg. Oh, yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah. They would yeah. maybe even, you know, reshare and repost. Class. Because, you know, they're, they are so... Um, so um, enthusiastic about the things that I do and I'm really Amazing. grateful to them uh, you know even if they know that you know it's it's something that I'm totally you know not used to yeah cool but uh, yeah they would they the would podcasts be, uh, are big over there oh, nice. okay. Amazing. hello to all our new Filipino listeners <laughs> hopefully you can say uh, Mabuhay 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I and you know if you're nice. coming to, coming over to the Philippines, you know just uh, let us know. We yep. uh, would be more than happy to welcome you to our cafe when it's at the. Yeah, that sounds great. Absolutely. Thank you both thank very you very much. Really appreciate it.